Friday afternoon. Welcome into Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yell. He's Mo Patton, and we are glad to be here because it is Friday, and we have a jam-packed show, a jam-packed weekend, and a lot to get to. And looking forward to it as the rain has gone away, the sun is out. It's going to be a beautiful Friday, a beautiful weekend. Looking forward to it, Mo. How are you? I'm good. It's a little warmer than I had anticipated, but um. I took the opportunity to break out the hoodie. Well, it's it's going to be it's going to be cooler tonight, much cooler this evening than it is right now, and probably a good call long term. Yeah, right. Not so great short term, but exactly. so sometimes you just gotta take what you can get, and and so I, I feel you because look, that's 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 a sweet hoodie. So I don't know. And and it seemed like the time for it. It, it is the time because. This weekend will kick off the division series in both the American League and the National League. And we'll be talking about that a little bit later. We'll also talk about the Nashville Predators, who we believe will be dropping the puck on their season here very soon. Tuesday. Tuesday is the opening day. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, they'll be down in Tampa to take on the Lightning. And we'll talk to Willie Donick, the Bally Sports voice for the Nashville Predators, a little bit later in the show. We'll also talk with Jordan D. Hill of Dogs 24-7. We'll talk a little bit about whether, you know, whether or not George is actually any good and, and, and what the feeling is over there as Kentucky seems to be the popular – upset pick of the week mo so how are they feeling about that do they think that's that makes sense is it is it good bad ugly well we'll find out uh well of course we've got terry's top of the hour titan report as well and we'll pick 10 of the most impactful college football games from around the country against the spread against step one watch us step two do the pick opposite the and step three, profit. That's, that's how this goes. Yep. Secure the bag. Secure the bag. So we got plenty to get to here, and, and we're going to do that in just a moment. So let's get you yesterday's results and the weekend schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty Bob Lamb and Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 
1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. In football action last night, it was East Nashville 42, Cane Ridge 13, CPA a 52-14 winner over Antioch, East Robertson Blank, Trousdale County 35-0. It was Ravenwood 41, Franklin 28, Page a 35-7 winner over Hillsboro. Springfield 14, Hunters Lane 7, Summit Downs John Overton 37-6, all but securing that play that final playoff spot. Coverage at MainStreetMurray.com. That's right. Kenwood, a 47-7 winner over Northwest of Clarksville. Rossview, 30, McGavick, 0, and Stratford doubles up Maplewood, 40 to 20. Volleyball action in Division 2A Middle Region play. It was Donaldson Christian with a 3-1 win over Good Pasture and Providence Christian swept Middle Tennessee Christian 3 to nothing. Also in the in District 12A, I'm sorry, 12AAA, it was Lincoln County defeating Lawrence. No, 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 stop. First, it's District 9 AAA. Second, Lincoln County defeated Spring Hill 3-1, and Lawrence County defeated Lincoln County 3-1. Uh, girls soccer action. Columbia defeated Coffee County 4-1. It was Cullioca 8, Loretta 1. Fairview with a 2-1 win over Sycamore. Franklin Blank Centennial 7-0. Good Pasture with a 9-0 win over Middle Tennessee Christian. It was Ravenwood doubling up Nolansville 2-1. Pope Prep with a 4-0 win over Harpeth Hall, and Siegel defeated Wilson Central 7-1. College football action in Conference USA last night. Liberty holds off Sam Houston, literally, with a goal line stand inside a minute to go to take on to take the 21-16 win over the winless Bearcats with a K. Western Kentucky continues their winning ways with a 31-28 win down from Ruston over La Tech. Tonight, football action at Beach will be Henry County at 7 o'clock. Knoxville Catholic will be at Brentwood Academy. Centennial plays host to Brentwood. Donaldson Christian will be at Clarksville Academy, and West Creek goes to Northeast. Davidson Academy welcomes Webb School. Mount Pleasant at East Hickman. Ezel Harding hosts Providence Christian. Innsworth is at Father Ryan. Columbia Central down at Franklin County. And Franklin Road Academy hosts Battleground Academy. Whites Creek will be at Grace Franklin and Pearl Cone at Greenbrier. Oh, also, Dallas County is at Grundy County at 7 o'clock. Independence hosts Fairview. Nolansville goes to Lawson. Harpeth is at Joe Burns. Kirkwood hosting Clark, Clarksville. Montgomery Central goes to Marshall County. Montgomery Bell Academy hosts Lipscomb Academy. Columbia Academy is at Nashville Christian. Spring Hill goes to Shelbyville. Cheatham County is at Sycamore. White House Heritage hosts Stewart County. And in eight-man football tonight, Zion Christian travels to the Tennessee Heat for a 7 o'clock kickoff. In college football tonight, Cornell is at Harvard. Little Ivy League action, 6 o'clock on the deuce. At 6.30 on ESPN, it's Kansas State at Oklahoma State in Big 12 action. And in the Big 10 at 7 o'clock, on FS1, it's Nebraska at Illinois. Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all Cumberland all the time. The University of the Cumberlands from Williamsburg, Kentucky is at Cumberland University in Lebanon. That's a 1.30 kickoff. At 2 o'clock on, on ESPN Plus, 
Tennessee State is at Kennesaw State. And at three on the SEC network, Vanderbilt goes to Blada Field to take on the Gators. That's right. NFL action on Sunday. The Titans will be at Indianapolis and Lucas Oil Stadium at noon against the Colts on CBS. Major League Baseball, as we said, the Division series begin on Saturday. The Rangers at the Orioles at noon on FS1, followed by the Twins at the Astros at 345 on FS1. On TBS at 5 o'clock, the Braves host the Phillies. And at 820, following that Braves-Phillies game, will be the Diamondbacks at the Dodgers, also on TBS. And the WNBA Finals start this weekend on Sunday at 2 p.m. on ABC. You can catch the moment we've all been waiting for, New York at Las Vegas to Liberty and the Aces. And that, folks, is your rundown. Our story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center over in Columbia. Glad to have them aboard and glad to have them feeding us. Anytime we need lunch, they've got great Lunch specials, of course, from their deli. You can get cobblers, vegetables, choice of meats. It's delicious. They've also got fresh hand-cut meats daily and fresh produce, so make sure to go by and see them. It's just cost plus 10% at the register. Mo, unfortunate news yesterday out of the National Football League as Chicago Bears legend and namesake of the the premier award yeah for players from his position yeah let's let's just go from that mm -hmm. um dick butkus dies and his team responded exactly i mean they did what they were supposed to do certainly under those circumstances um the chicago bears honored dick butkus best possible way last night by thrashing Washington. And getting their first win of the year. <clears throat> yeah. Um, according to CNN, news of Butkus' death spread more than an hour before the Bears started a Thursday night game against the Commanders. The teams and fans observed a moment of silence before the game at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. And, and the Bears went on to, like I said, a, a 40 to 20 victory. Justin Fields playing probably his best game of the season and DJ Moore <laughs> playing one of the best games period of his, yeah, of his career of anybody this season. It was yeah. a great night for DJ Moore. I think at one time he was the only receiver on the team with a catch. Only he and uh, Kamet had catches. And of course, Came it sits on my bench scoring 15 points. Well, of course. Well, I didn't think he could duplicate what he did last week when he scored like 27, and he didn't, but he still scored half of that, and I didn't expect it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, big, big win for Chicago, and Magic Johnson was none too happy. None. With his team because he let them have it after the game and uh, you know that's one of the things about having um having magic johnson as your owner you know a, a high level athlete like that 
with who has had high level success. You know, tonight the commanders played with no intensity or fire. We didn't compete in the first half and got down 27 to three hitting in the halftime. It was too big of a hole to climb out of, and that's why we ended up losing 40 to 20. Yeah, one in the second half didn't matter. Khalil Herbert had the wildcat, or not wildcat, took a, the shotgun handoff up the middle for 16 yards on third and seven before halftime that probably didn't help the situation. Um, Jonathan Allen and, and Deron Payne did not have great games. I mean, you're paying those guys a lot of money to have good games, and they did not. And, of course, whatever the heck uniforms they were wearing didn't Because those were brutal. They may need to just throw those away and start all over. Just start all over. Those, those were not good. Um, not the only Bears news, though. Chase Claypool has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. And what does that do to their receiving core? Because you, you've got a guy coming in who has been less than uh, amenable to his previous team and anything that they wanted him to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I understand why you trade for him, given you know, given the way he left both Pittsburgh and now Chicago. Yeah, and and and, and clearly Mapletron not being a thing. He tried that. That didn't work out. You know, he came into the league. Maybe he should just go play. He came into the league with a lot of uh, talk. Hoopla. A lot of hoopla. He generated 14 catches for 140 yards in seven games last season. I'm sorry. Say that again. 14 catches for 100 and what? 40 yards. And, and how many? In seven games. That's two catches a game for 10 yards a catch. Very easy math on that one. Thank goodness. Very weak math. And was a healthy scratch the last two weeks. He finishes his career in, in Chicago with 18 for 191, a touchdown in 10 games. And they asked him not to show up this past week. They weekend. did. He just said, they just, just said, look, man. Stay home. You do We're good. good. They... Chicago gets a 2025 sixth round pick in exchange for a 2025 seventh round selection. So they had to send a draft pick with it. They sent it. They sent their seventh rounder and Claypool please, for a fifth rounder. Please take him. <laughs> so Mike McDaniel, though, pretty excited. I mean, right, you know, um, as. I can't say his name, Azukanma, Azukanma and uh, River Craycraft uh, lost to injuries, so they need a little depth, and maybe Wes Welker can get something out of him. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck is right. I, you know, I, I don't, some folks are, are worried 
fantasy owners of, of Jalen Waddle are worried that this is going to hurt him. And I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that this is going to matter. I, I don't, I don't know that he makes 10 catches in, in Miami. Well, I mean, he gives you some depth, I guess. And, and look, he's got talent. That case. And what is it, <clears throat> as, as one of my friends asked, what is it with former Pittsburgh receivers when they leave? They're all crazy. No, no. Because I give you Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm sorry. Have, did you see his Twitter yesterday? Oh. No, I did not. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't guess it, I don't guess it was him who was being crazy. He was just letting folks know that some other people on Instagram had posted some things, and he might have gotten involved in a conversation about uh, female anatomy. Oh but Lord, I'm 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 it's, I have no familiarity with any of that. It, one, he he's not he, he's certainly not to the level of the other two. Right, but. He he's certainly not perfectly sane either with his well, I mean, with his TikTok, with his TikTok dancing and his and his Twitter and all of those things in addition to his lack of productivity since joining the Patriots. So I don't know what it is about leaving Pittsburgh, but when you're leaving PA, it's it, it, things get weird. I, so. I don't know. Chase Claypool joining Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That's a heck of a trio. If Chase Claypool's your three, that's, I, I mean. And I guess that's what Miami's looking at. Here's the thing I don't know why the Titans wouldn't have gone after it. If all you've got to give up is a fifth round pick in two years from now and you get a pick back too, if that's what the cost was, the Titans certainly could have. That's the tried. personnel cost. That's uh, for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. Why do you want to bring him into this? Well, I mean, why do you want to bring him into anything? Clearly, the, the Dolphins thought it was an okay move. Okay, but I mean, if it if if he's a crazy person and decides to 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 act that way, then you cut him and you've lost. Next to nothing. Maybe you just as soon just not deal with it to start with. Okay. But and and I mean, <clears throat> what is what is what is the Titans' track record for developing receivers? It's not necessarily development that we need. We need depth. <laughs> we need somebody who's going to require a a cornerback to cover them. Right now, that. List is DeAndre Hopkins, Kyle Phillips, and Nick Westbrook Aquina. You weren't going to play. They're not going to play that guy this week. No, but I, I don't know that. I don't know when Traylon Burks gets back. Well, maybe they do, and maybe that's why they didn't go after. I guess it's possible. I don't know. Should be interesting. Let's. At any rate, Nick Buck is dead at eighty. Oh yeah, that was the top story. A lot of Bears news. That's wild. It all happened in one day. 
in less than a 24-hour period. It's kind of hard to believe for the legend that he is. He only played nine years. I mean, he was kind of the, the um, Jim Brown of defense. Yeah. Didn't Not, he, like, act? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nine NFL seasons, eight Pro Bowls. Yeah, I, I guess I guess the one he missed was his rookie year. Maybe I don't know. Probably, if you had to guess. Ret- or his final year, he retired at age thirty-one after playing part of the nineteen seventy-three season. A few years after suffering a serious knee injury, and was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in seventy-nine, his first year eligible. Three year, uh, four years later, he went into the College Football Hall of Fame. And in 85, the Buckus Award was founded and given to the top linebacker at the professional, collegiate, and high school levels. I was thinking about it yesterday after I heard about this. I don't know. <clears throat> it would be interesting to kind of go through who has had three, you know, game-changing players at the same position like the Bears had with Butkus, Mike Singletary, and Brian Urlacher. Yeah. Um, Maybe Uh, defensively, I don't know. I mean, you, offensively, you could probably come up with three. You, yeah, you could. I mean, I, but I defensively, think of, I mean, uh, I think of the Titans' three running backs. You know, Earl Campbell, Eddie George, and Derrick Henry. I, you know, I don't know that the Cowboys have a third one, but you've got Tony Dorsett and, and Emmett Smith. But I mean, when you think of Chicago, you think of it. Dick Buckus in those nasty defenses and and again following him with high level play like you got from Mike Singletary in the middle through the eighties and as part of that Super Bowl team and and Brian Urlacher was almost a, a safety playing linebacker. I think he did play safety at the collegiate level and he was kind of a game changer at that position as well. All three of them in the Hall of Fame. Like you said on defense, it's. I was thinking the Cowboys with two tall Jones and Leon Lett, and they're not even they're 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 not even in the top three on this list. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, Harvey Martin, Randy White, and Bob Lilly, the top three on this list from Cowboys Coffee Talk. So that that was the first thing I thought of was Cowboys defensive lineman with with Jones and Lett. Mm-hmm. But that's that might be it. It's interesting. It's a good it conversation. Is. So, let's take a break. Uh, we've got Braves coming up in just a moment. We're gonna switch a roo, switch around, talking MLB postseason. Right after this, on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and Joint. Y'all, come back with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. October 6, 1957, Eddie Matthews became the third player to hit a World Series walk-off home run with a two-run 10th inning shot off Bob Grimm to give the host Milwaukee Braves a 7-5 Game 4 victory over the New York Yankees. Milwaukee tied the Yankees, I'm sorry, Milwaukee tied the World Series 2-2 with the win and Matthews joined Tommy Henrik of the 49 Yankees and Dusty Rhodes of the 54 Giants as players to have hit Game-ending round trippers in the fall classic. That was this day in Braves history. No, not the American dream. Oh, okay. This was another Dusty Rhodes. Oh. <laughs> this, this, guy's, this guy's real name was probably Dusty Rhodes as opposed to the American dream. 
So, yeah. Oh, well, now I got to know what Dusty. I, I think Dusty Rhodes' real name was Dusty. You Rhodes. think? I think uh, Virgil Riley. No, Virgil Reynolds. <laughs> okay, that's right. His dad, his son was Dusty Reynolds. What well, was Dustin Reynolds? I remember that now. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. It's a great name. Hard times. Before we get into this, into postseason, banana ball coming back. Yes. For three days. For three times. Yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, June 13th, 14th, and 15th. That's exciting. Individual tickets will go on sale later through the Savannah Bananas. Group tickets can be purchased now through the Nashville Sounds, which prompted the question for me, what constitutes a group? Because I'm in yeah, I guess Main Street Media could be a group. Maybe we need to contact. Hey, Dave, if you're Con watching. Contact has been made. Oh, well, there you go. I'm trying to figure out what constitutes a group. Well, I mean, I don't see any reason why. Uh, I mean, uh, the, uh, three or more people. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out what constitutes a group as far as the Nashville sounds. And, and the, the Savannah banana. bananas are concerned. It's likely 15, and and you, and I don't know if that if you have to be a little league team or we could be a softball team. If you're buying the tickets, I don't imagine they care what you are. One would think. Well, I mean, because hey, it, it's it, not like they need people to buy tickets. They got plenty of folks yeah, doing that. But I mean, it might just be the Maurice Patton and Friends group. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. So whatever constitutes a group. Mm-hmm. Because I missed it the last time. You did? No. I'm um, going to miss it this time. It was fun. We had a good time. Had a good time. Um, let's get into postseason baseball as <clears throat> the Braves, of course, will get a evening game. I guess it's 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll get two. On Well, just this weekend. Though. Well, yeah, the second one's Monday. Um They'll, they'll get they'll get game one Saturday at technically six oh seven first pitch, but it, they'll, they'll go on the air at you know top of the hour mm -hmm. with Jeff Francoeur in the booth, which should be interesting since it's a nationally televised game. Yeah, I, I kind of feel I kind of feel a little bad for him because Braves fans are going to rip him. I don't think so. I. Here's the thing. I think, now, I have nothing to base this on long-term, but I think hearing Smoltz in the Braves booth brought them around, showed them that it's not them. Small, it's the yeah, situation. It's the situation. And so I, I feel like they're going to extend Frenchie that grace. Now, Frenchie's been on the broadcast, on the national broadcast before. He was on the, the playoff broadcast two years ago and you know had to be a little bit more a little more down the middle yeah but here's the French he played for both these franchises now he's currently employed by Braves on Valley well he also went to Parkwood High School in Atlanta so so uh, but he did play for both franchises so maybe you know he's got maybe he's still got a little love for Philly I don't know that's fine if he does, because again, it's a national broadcast, so good for him. I am 
far more concerned, Mo, with the pitching matchup mm -hmm. than I am the booth. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I said Parkwood is Parkview. Excuse me. Ah, well, you know. I just wanted to get it right. So. Always. Always accuracy matters. Um, Philly and Braves have no pitching matchup listed. <laughs> That's because they don't know who's throwing. Well, so it's funny because the only the only two teams that have named their game one starters, Houston and L.A., Verlander and Kershaw. I guess if you have Verlander and Kershaw, hmm. it's pretty right. easy to, mm -hmm. to make that determination. So, yeah, I, no idea who it's going to be, but obviously this is, this, this is going to be high-leverage baseball, high-stress baseball. And it's like I said yesterday, it's like I said on Twitter, uh, the Braves are going to have to play three high-stress level series, whereas the Dodgers will not have a very high stress level series, in my opinion, against mm -hmm. the six-seeded Diamondbacks. And for me, that just seems a little frustrating. It's not that I'm scared of the Phillies. I want to beat the Phillies, but it's just... I'm, I'm a little scared of the Phillies. I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm and, and everybody that I've talked to who is a Braves fan has some level of apprehension about this series. I mean, between losing to them last year, between, you know, the pitching that they can run out there, their lineup isn't the Braves lineup, but I mean, we've seen it often enough. It's not always the best team that wins these situations. It's the best team at that time. And, you know, I don't, you feel like the Braves are the best team, but you don't know. And, you know, it's kind of like we talk about batter ball syndrome. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a degree of batter brave syndrome as well. Philadelphia just got through their line here. They're 256 batting average, 438 slugging, which is pretty good, by the way. It's four, 438 is pretty good. It's not 501. It's not 501. <laughs> but, I mean, but here's the thing. They're pitching, as a staff, 4.02 ERA to the Braves 4.14. They have a, a lower whip. Uh, they don't walk nearly as many people. They also don't strike out nearly as I many mean, 4 people. I mean, 4.02 versus 4.14. Over is 162, it's not much. Yeah. But, but still. Uh, I mean, this is this is a pitching staff that the top three, that at least they know who their three are. We don't. Uh, I'm not sure we have three. I think we've got six, uh, and that's the problem. Well, because in game when, when you got two quarterbacks, run. you got enough quarterbacks, yeah, and we, when you got six starting pitchers, you got. Well, we really we have two that we feel comfortable <laughs> with, and at least three of three guys who we're just gonna basically test. And I don't know that testing is the best option. Because but, to, but if to, you have no other option. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like in game three in Philadelphia, you've got to, you know, in Philadelphia, you've got to have somebody you feel comfortable going 
in game three, and they don't have somebody that they can hand the ball to and say, we've got confidence in you. And I think that's the big issue for me is, you know, whether it's Bryce Elder or Kyle Wright or whomever else. Yeah. There's nobody I can hand the ball to and say, go get go win game three. Go get us out of it because we're going to win the first two. By God, it's going to happen. Go win this series for us. Well, and here's the thing. As I was texting on the way to the office with Spring Hill baseball coach and renowned Braves fan Paul Lamb, Splitting the first two in Atlanta may just put you in position to get swept in Philadelphia and out of the postseason. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't let them win in Atlanta. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, you got to get both of these and then hope to get back home for Game Five. Just about. Yeah. I, look, I Game Five for which Paul Lamb has tickets. By the way, damn him. Get, okay, well, for $124, you can get into game one. Uh, and that's, if you... Well, I mean, if I didn't have 8 million things to do before I go out of town, that would be appealing. <laughs> it's not I that mean, bad. No. 124 is not terrible. No. So... I, no, I'd pay that. I'd even stay all nine innings. <laughs> no matter what. No. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like I feel like this is a series that that, that is going to be a lot higher stress, and, and and you know to be the number one overall seed, best record in baseball, and this is what you didn't get any reward. You you for got it. no reward. No. You got a team that is that that got to play a team that barely made the playoffs and was only in the playoffs because they got a ton of help from the Braves for one. <laughs> With that sweep of the Cubs? With the sweep of the Cubs. Yeah, and this is the thanks we get. And this is, yeah, and so now they've got, they've got momentum, they've got confidence, they've got... Short-term and long-term confidence. Yeah, they, they, they beat us last year. Now, we handled them pretty handily this Very, season. Yes. Right? And, and particularly Spencer Strider. Mm-hmm. So... You know, game one, you feel pretty good about. Uh, so, yeah, let's, uh, well, let me go through this real quick. As, you know, throughout, in, in four starts against Philadelphia, 2-4-2 ERA, 38 strikeouts in 26 innings. He's gone at least six innings every time, seven innings twice, Hasn't shut them out, but he's held them to run, one run twice, and he the most he gave up was three runs in seven innings. He's also racked up at least nine strikeouts in all four games. 38 strikeouts in... 26 innings. That's what you're going to get from Spencer Strider in game I mean, one. That's... Most likely. That's... Yeah. And he's healthy again. He's healthy. As he's ready to go. Yeah. So. And I am too. Five o'clock tomorrow night should be fun. <laughs> be there. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching. There's no question there. TBS will be on. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Nashville Predators as they get ready for their season opener down in Tampa. 
and the 2023-24 season as well. We'll talk with Preds on Valley voice Willie Donick right after this on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Y'all stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint, Chris Yow, Maurice Patton. It is your weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today, live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia as we are getting ready for the weekend ahead, but also looking just a bit further to Tuesday when the puck drops on the 2023-24 Nashville Predators season. And to talk a little bit about it, we have Preds on Valley Voice, Willie Donick. Willie, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Good to have hockey back here. I am uh, a baseball fan and enjoy the month of October, so I enjoyed your discussion about the, the Brave series coming up. But I am representing with my Mets hat today. Even though I, we're I was going to ask you about that because you all are a franchise in flux right now. Is that yep. fair to say? We're, pl we're playing in the NIT. Right now, Mo. I I think we're playing against uh, UNO or somebody like that. I, I'm not sure who's in the in the bracket with us, but we are not in the big dance. Um, obviously, and, and don't and don't have anybody to lead the team in any capacity. In any capacity, yeah, because Buck Walter is gone and Billy Epler are gone. I mean, yeah, well, okay, that, that's who's they, they they bought the. Uh, 
Well, they brought in the guy from Milwaukee, David Stearns. David right. Stearns. Mm-hmm. So he's he is the guy running the show. That that's who is pulling all of the strings, and uh, he sort of unmercifully got rid of Buck Showalter without bothering to call him, and then Billy Epler. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with that, with the uh, investigating him for misuse of the IL, I think is, is what they yeah. use. But it sounds like that was almost like a tool to, to get him out of there. But David Stearns is running the show. So the question is, is he going to go get Craig Council from the Bruins, mm-hmm. uh, for the Brewers? Whose contract is up? Yep. Yeah. Who do they hire first, Willie, a GM or a manager? Well, I, I think either one is possible. I, I'm looking at David Stearns, really, as probably as a GM. real GM, uh, I think, when you get down to it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Um, what's with the 4.30 start, 5.30 Tampa Bay time for the season opener Tuesday? Triple header. Um, it's a big thing that the NHL is doing with uh, – opening day so almost like baseball when, when you think about it uh they have baseball pretty much starting at 11 a.m our time all the way through the day so it's a similar thing that espn do it's part of a triple header okay on espn so it's the middle game um so unfortunately that cost me a trip to tampa i don't get to go down there because it's on espn but uh we'll be watching here but that's uh, they get to play the lightning and, and kind of a showcase game in front of everybody. So that, that should be a great way to get it started. And then uh, the team will open up the home part of the season that Thursday against Seattle. Release the Kraken. It's funny. Sure. We could, we get a chance to showcase the team and good or bad. And to me, I feel like there are a lot of question marks on this team and, and it's, it feels like a, a whole new set of folks that, that we're not necessarily used to seeing in Preds gold. Well, you know, that, that is what I think they chose to do. Uh, I think it was in a lot of people's mind time to, to shake it up. Uh, so this really is a new era uh, for Predators hockey. And I, I think the energy among the fan base is really incredible. I, the two Preseason games, the second of which was last night, have drawn fantastic crowds. The the atmosphere has been really, really good. So I think for a team that missed the playoffs for the first time in eight years last year, uh, the outlook, the the feeling among the fan base is about as positive as you can get. And, and they still have a couple of the old standbys, uh, superstar defenseman Roman Yossi, superstar goalie UC Saros, and a, a really good star forward in Philip Forsberg. They, those three are kind of the, the holdovers, and a lot of the other players are, are, are new, and it revolves around uh, a young group that really played surprisingly well, I think, down the stretch of last year. And really, that's where, that's where they're trying to find some things out, is about that nucleus of players. I, I equate it back, guys. You guys were talking about the Braves. Remember a few years ago when the Braves had about four years of nothing and they were yes. built in the farm. Yes, system. we remember. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think uh, – Barry Trotz is not hoping for it to take four years. But what he's done similarly is he's trying to stack uh, a lot of prospects, give them a pathway to, to play. You've got to find out if they can play. It's going to take a year or two, I think, to see just how good they'll be. 
And uh, hopefully with a great goalie like Soros and some of those key veterans I mentioned, you can stay competitive. Yeah, Soros will mask a lot of, of issues. There's no question about it. And last year, think about how bad it got last year. I mean, it, it was it was a tough year to watch because they had more of a veteran team. They were going for it a little bit more. And so many things went wrong. Uh, an underachieving Ryan Johansson, an underachieving Matt Duchesne, uh, injury to Philip Forsberg, um, coach on the hot seat, you know, some other veterans that kind of uh, regressed a, a little bit. But despite all of that, and Roman Yossi missed the last month of the season, they still had, what, 92, 93 points and were in the hunt until the, the last week of the season. And that was after trading off four key players before the trade deadline. They were sellers at the trade deadline. But, and why were they able to do that? It was because of UC Soros. He, he elevates what, what you do on a nightly basis. He erases mistakes, as you said. And they're going to lean on him again, for sure. Willie Donick, the Bally, Preds on Bally voice of the Nashville Predators, joining us on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Willie, is this as – are they calling this a rebuild? Is this a rebuild? Because if it is, to be able to go into a full-fledged rebuild and still have – a goaltender the caliber of a UC Soros put you ahead of the game for sure. Well, you know, it's great. That's a great question because I think everybody's trying to define what it is they're doing. To me, if you're calling it a rebuild, if you look at hockey, like the Braves that I, I mentioned in the 20, wherever that was, 2014, 15, in that neighborhood there, that was a, that was a rebuild. They knew they were going to be bad for a few years. There are teams like uh, let's just use the Chicago Blackhawks who not only were rebuilding and they have, they haven't been relevant for a good while now, even though they had that great run where they won three cups, it's been a long time since they've been good. And so they went full on tank kind of rebuild and it got them the first pick in the draft, but there's still a good ways from being able to win, even though they, they got a potential superstar in Connor Bedard, who's going to be a fun guy to watch at age 18 this year. But the Predators are in the middle. They, because they have UC Soros and they've had excellent goaltending over the years, they've never really been bad. So what they're trying to do is sort of retool uh, and build up with this nucleus, but still maybe keep that expectation that you can be competitive. It's funny you asked that, Mo, today, because uh, just the other day, Andrew Burnett, the brand-new coach, he was asked, is this a rebuild? And he flat-out said no. And, and I think that's what a coach – and a locker room probably does have as a mentality. They, they believe that they can be good. Now, what is the expectation level? I think that's where it's sort of open. I don't think you can sit there and say, yeah, they should make the playoffs. I'm not ruling them out making the playoffs. But I think right now the, the, bigger, the bigger goal is to be a team that can make noise in the playoffs next year, the year after, the year after that. This is a little bit more of a see-what-you-got year. Well, the good thing is that, and like you said, they're stacking prospects, and they've got several young guys, but they've also got a an AHL club that's coming off of a very successful playoff run. They've got a lot of guys who 
late in the season last year, got experience at the National Hockey League level on that team and then went back and helped that the Admirals make that run. It, it feels like this is, you, you say they're in the middle. And, and I think you're exactly right because it's, it, they're kind of, they, they could go one way or the other. This team has the ability to be, you know, a five, six, seven seed in the playoffs, or they could miss it by 10 points. It just, you just don't know what to expect. And I think that's what we're going to find out a little bit. You know, you kind of a litmus test to start the season because, well, Tampa Bay's pretty darn good. Yeah, that'll be a good test. Tampa Bay is going through what a lot of the salary cap era teams go through, mm-hmm. and that is when you have too many good players, you can't keep them all, and it starts eroding your depth. You start uh, pushing to try to – and mortgaging the future to stay at the top and keep the window open, and I think they're going to have some challenges. Andre Vasilevsky, who is the guy that erases all their mistakes, one of the best goalies of his era, Hall of Fame kind of guy – He's uh, had a back problem, so he's out for two months. So the Predators will catch them uh, at a time where they won't have their superstar goalie. So you never know what, what can happen in that. That'll be an interesting test to start things off. But you, you mentioned something, Chris, that I think has been uh, definitely a label, and that is when you're in the, quote, middle, right? When, when this team go back to 2018, 2019, Central <laughs> camps, uh, President's Trophy in 2018. That was a team that was loaded, right? That was a team that was really in the middle of a big window. And steadily they they slipped back down to where they were still making the playoffs, but you didn't feel like they had the horses to really be in position to make the run like you did in 17, 18, 19. So I think it's a different middle now. You're in the middle trying to re reload to where you can get back up into that uh, roster that is, is, you know, talent heavy. And that's where some of these guys are in Milwaukee right now down the road. will be able to help. Uh, They're not ready to help and carry the team right now, but you've got a couple of layers of youngsters, kind of like the Braves a few years ago when they had Ozzie Albies and Dansby Swanson and Acuna coming up through the ranks. It takes a little bit of time and the Predators are trying to figure out, who those guys are. And it's not first or second picks in the draft. That's what's different. But uh, I think they do have a good pool of prospects. And if a few emerge as really good players, I think that's what they're looking for. That's what they're hoping for. Climbing to the middle is a lot better than slipping to the middle. Yes. And I think that's, I think the climbing part is what they're doing now and kind of getting over that middle hump. And that's, you know, that that's a great place to be because I really do I think the success that we saw last year, you know, both at the, at the AHL level and late in the season with those AHL guys on the ice for Nashville, it is a bright future, and hopefully fans will understand that as well. And yeah, that's I, I kind that's of important, Chris, because uh, you, know, you think about uh, a full rebuild. If you want to go full rebuild, let's, think, let's talk about the Blackhawks for a second. The Predators swept them in 2017. Right. That was kind of the end of their run. And it was an amazing right. run. It was incredible. They won't they, they don't want to do over that at all. They won three cups. They were the talk of hockey up until then. But since 2017, they've done nothing. Right. They, they've slipped back to the middle and then they went full rebuild. So we're talking about a long period of time where they've been completely irrelevant. And now they're they just got the first pick in the draft. They're just starting 
to build back, it's going to be another couple years. So I think the Predators, their approach is let's not go for four years of, of nothing. You guys remember what it was like for four years as the Braves fans where they weren't very good. It's, but some, and sometimes you have to do it that way. But the Predators are trying to sort of retool gradually over time. And so that's the goal. It's a little different way of, of building your roster back. You have a great goalie. It's hard to sink to the bottom. But sinking, sinking to the bottom has its consequences, right? Sometimes you sink down there. It's awfully hard to get back to the middle, let alone be really good. And, Willie, I'm just not sure that this fan base, <clears throat> excuse me, is built for a full teardown, a full rebuild. Uh, I, and I, I think that's probably why the front office and the coaching staff and that kind of thing try to avoid that phrase just because I don't, I don't know that Nashville would deal with that very well. I think that's a good question. I, this is the 25th year. You're going to hear a lot about that this season. I, I do think it's gotten easier. I think there was a time, Mo, pick a year, year eight, nine, ten. You, know, you guys remember when, when we almost lost the team, right? They, they were not equipped to do that back then by any stretch. Now, now before got, we had had any success. You got much more of a foundation of like, a, you got a whole generation of people that have grown up with the team. I, so I think with the city growing the way it is, they could go through some lean years and still survive. But I, but look, I, I, I've, let's look another arch rival of the, of the predators, the Anaheim ducks, right from 2010 to 2017, a really, really good team year in and year out, played the Predators three different times in the playoffs. Great rivalry. You know, you look at that since 2017, 2018, they've gone through a big rebuild of, of total teardown, a total uh, tank, basically. And you see it in their fan base. They're not filling that building like, like they did for a while. So that's, it, it's tough to go through that. And so a lot of people think that's the solution, but they don't think it through. And just think about how long it is to go through a full tank, even though it might it's going to get you that high first first round pick that sometimes can change a franchise. Well, and you don't control how quickly you get back or when you get back because folks aren't waiting for you to come back. Oh yeah, they like they they they're going to bury you when when they and and remember when you get the first. It's an 18-year-old kid. There are some years, and this may be a year, where, where Connor Bedard is like a Connor McDavid, and you get a generational kind of talent, and he can jump in immediately. But even look at Connor McDavid's first year for the Oilers. They weren't very good. Sidney Crosby's first year for the Penguins. They got their butts kicked. So it still takes a little time to build around a player like that. But then there's other years where the first pick in the draft as an 18-year-old is not an immediate impact guy. So you're a little bit um, at the mercy of just what 18-year-olds are coming along when you do get that first or second pick. So a lot of times you need multiple years where you get the first or second pick to really build a roster, and that takes time. No question. Again, Tuesday, 4.30, you can be at Assembly Food Hall at 4 o'clock and enjoy the watch party downtown. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. And if you're looking for a place to watch it, that, that'll, there, there will be very few better places than mm -hmm. Assembly Food Hall in downtown Nashville. So make sure to get out there on Tuesday. And 
We look forward to the 2023-24 season and talking to you again, Willie. We appreciate it as always. It's a, always a good time to talk baseball, hockey, or anything else. Guys, always a pleasure, and good luck to your Braves. I, I feel good about it. I think I think <laughs> I don't like the Braves at all. I don't like the Phillies either, but I'm I'm picking the Braves in the series. This is going to be oh. a turnaround is fair play. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, we appreciate it, man. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the top of the hour Titans report from Terry McCormick right here on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time now to visit with Terry McCormick on the Daily Titans Update, powered by Zen Sports. Terry? That's right. Your Daily Titans Update, your Daily Report, brought to you by Zen Sports, changing bonus game for the better. Looks like the Titans can be without three guys uh, that uh, will not be making a trip to Indianapolis uh, as they face the Colts in their first AFC South game. No surprise who these three are. They're the same three who missed practice on being one off being trained. Gifford, the uh, special teams linebacker. Of those three guys, I got to believe, you know, that the Tier Tar, not Tier Tar, but the uh, Traylon Burks thing has got to be a little bit concerning because here's a guy you were counting on to be part of a receiving core that was supposed to benefit from DeAndre Hopkins signing. And, you know, he got hurt in camp, missed a lot of time, played the first three games, missed last week. Now he's going to be out a second straight week. Makes me start to wonder if that knee, uh, you know, needed something done to it or maybe beyond just rest because uh, if he doesn't show up next week, then, They'd be holding him out until the bye week, and he wouldn't be back until October 29 against the Falcons. So this is going to be really interesting to monitor over next week as they prepare to go to London and play the Baltimore Ravens. And I would I would think at this point that that would be the thing to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it would seem to be. If he's not 100%, it would be – you know, make all the sense in the world to rest him and get him through this so that he can help you, uh, you know, for the second half of the season after your bye week when you return from London. Uh, you know, it's got to be frustrating for the Titans and frustrating for Burks because both Burks and Kyle Phillips have been beset by so many injuries over the last two years that it's, you know, I, it's hard to remember a time when they were both on the field together. 
and uh, they're getting Phillips back Sunday. He's probably going to return punts and handle the slot receiver duties. But now, you know, a second straight week without Burks, it makes you wonder what this offense could look like if they ever get both those guys back. You know, we ask we asked this question the last three years. At what point is this a Titans problem and not a player problem? Knees seem to be the issue you know, everywhere. It's certainly, you know, baffling. And I mean, I know all teams have injuries. All teams have guys who are unavailable. You look at the Colts, they're going to be without uh, Shaq Leonard. They're going to be without their starting left tackle. He's uh, just they've scared, been without Terry. Jonathan Taylor. There's a good chance that he'll be back. But with the Titans, this has just been an ongoing thing. And it seems to be, you know, some of it is, you know, it's just bad luck. But some of it, you just have to wonder, it's like, why does this keep happening to this team, especially to key players uh, like Traylon Burks? I've been asking it for two and a half years now, and, and, it's, and it's still not – we still have no clearer answer today than we did two years ago. So I, it's, it's very frustrating because, you know, you feel like something has to change, but it, what? But what and, and how? So, uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully these are lingering issues from the past and this new turf that they're dealing that they're dealing with is 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 good and helps alleviate some of these issues. I don't know that it will. Don't know that it won't. Perhaps perhaps that's the uh, half the, the uh, glass half full in me. The glass but yeah, not being yeah. with not getting Tier Tart uh, this weekend is going to be a a little bit of a blow to the defensive front. No doubt. I mean, because when you team Tart with Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, it makes for a formidable pass rush. Uh, when one of those cogs is missing, uh, it certainly uh, you know makes things harder. I would think that that means a bigger role for Kyle Pecco and Naquan Jones uh, this Sunday in Indianapolis. See what happens. Shaq, Shaq is out because he just didn't want to try to tackle 22 again. He, he's he's had enough of that in his career. Uh, Terry, just can the Titans win on Sunday? I think they should, unless they let Anthony Richardson just go crazy on them. I think they should win because you look at them that you know they should they they line up on paper to be the polished the better team. Uh, it's just a matter, you know, if Anthony Richardson goes crazy and starts making plays with his legs and then makes a couple of plays deep with his arm, uh, you know, that could keep the Colts in it. But to my way of thinking, this is a this is a game the Titans should win, even though it's on the road and inside the division. I'm hesitant to ask if the Titans should win or lose any game. I said can. He said should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hesitant to ask if they can win or lose any game. After, they can. You know, Crap. You never know what you're going to get. Out of exactly. Like yeah, that's like they're like a They are the NFL's box of chocolates. So, yeah. Um, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Will do. Okay. Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn. Betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. 
for a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? But no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wong. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best looking girl, Bananarama. So, other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It's time to talk about college football from here until the end of the show. We are looking forward to it because we've got a fantastic guest lined up. We've also got 10 of the biggest and most impactful games in college football to pick against the spread later in the show. So all of that coming your way here in just a moment. And again, it's going to be a lot of fun because we get to talk a little SEC football here and We've not talked about Georgia in a while, Mo. Well, we have talked about Georgia. We just haven't talked to anyone yeah. about Georgia. Yeah, that, they, we've, not, talked, we've talked around Georgia. Not, not, much, not, not with much uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting ready to change that. So we're, we're going we're gonna to change that in just a quick moment as Dogs 24-7's Jordan Davis Hill or... Jordan Davis Halloween Halloween on Twitter. Uh, Jordan, thanks for joining us, man. He's even Definitely. got on his his Halloween orange shirt there. I guess Halloween is the only time you're probably allowed to wear orange in Athens. Yeah, I, now that you mention that, Maurice, uh, back before the season, Sanford Stadium, there was a uh, they'd done some renovations, and uh, I wore this shirt, and someone posted a video, and I thought. I didn't know if I was going to make it out of there alive. People were not thrilled that I was wearing orange. You know, Alyssa Lang had that same issue at SEC Media Days two years ago, man. You 
You got to be careful where you wear orange in this part of the country. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, rookie mistake, Jordan. You'll be okay. But um, I guess we'll just cut right to the chase. Is Georgia good? Are they good? Yeah. Are they national championship good? Right now, I don't think so. But I do think they can be. There's just been too many missed opportunities. Um, starting slow on offense when it comes to scoring uh, through five games. They've scored a total of 17 points in the first quarter. and That's just not going to cut it. Um, I think my biggest concern is really more on defense compared to offense and defense. I don't think I've... Uh, seen you, you definitely have not seen them play the run on defense like they have in years past we knew they weren't going to have a Jalen Carter on this team but you sort of wondered if they could get there with two three four guys contributing rather than just having that one Jalen Carter so far they haven't so I mean I think this is still a team that's in the driver's seat I, I do understand why a lot of people have left them at number one but they have a lot of room for improvement to me the the biggest concern to me is defense um, but they've definitely got questions on offense. Um, but you look at some of the other teams right now, like Michigan and Florida State, if Georgia had to line it up Saturday night and play some of those teams, I don't know if it would go Georgia's way. It's interesting because it, you're exactly right. The, the, the thing that I have talked about since the UT Martin first half has been how different the defensive line and that front seven has looked this year. And – that is the crux of the argument for most people who say Kentucky has a chance to go into Athens and win this thing on Saturday night as obviously, you know, they got a pretty good running back up in, in Lexington making his way down. So, you know, if, if Georgia's gonna, if Georgia's gonna keep, you know, keep Kentucky at bay, they're going to have to find a way to limit the run game and, uh, the best way to do that is, of course, you know, win up front. Can they do that on, on Saturday against Kentucky? I think it's possible because I, I will say the one thing, you know, a lot of people have looked at that Auburn game and said, well, man, Georgia really struggled to stop the run. And, and you know, like I said, that is a concern to me. But the biggest thing that Georgia's had problems with when it comes to the run is stopping the quarterback, and that's not something Devin Leary really brings to the table. Really, really interested to see what Ray Davis said would do for Kentucky. I think he's a really good running back. But, you know, coming out of that Kentucky-Florida game, guys, I kind of took more from Florida and my concerns with Florida rather than saying, all right, Kentucky's ready to be a 10-11 win team. Uh, so this is their chance to prove themselves, especially in that road environment playing in Sanford on a Saturday night. I mean, Kentucky's got a chance, but, uh, you know, it's, I think the onus is on that defensive line. Georgia, I do think when it comes to the run, really benefits that they've got two veteran linebackers uh, in Smileman and Jamon Dumas-Johnson. Jamon especially, very much known for his run-stuffing ability. Um, so to me, that is going to be the, the key and what decides how close this game is, is what kind of game does Ray Davis have on the ground? And, you know, do we see more balance from Kentucky? I feel like there is, and talking to Aaron Gershon, who covers Kentucky for 247, said, you know, they, they are, for the most part, really balanced, but they went into that Florida game and said, well, you know, we're, we're breaking off runs, probably averaging six, seven, eight yards a run. Uh, let's stick with that. 
you know, I, I think there will be more balance, but to me, it's going to depend on uh, how well Ray Davis runs the ball and if Georgia is able to frustrate him and, and make Devin Leary go through the air. You know, that I tend to agree with Jordan that last week's Florida-Kentucky situation was more a function of Florida than it was of Kentucky. I, I think Florida played over their head and Tennessee played way under theirs in that game a couple of weeks ago. And Florida was more of what Florida is against Kentucky. And at some point you would have thought that they would have made an adjustment because Devin Leary looked like he was lost in the past game. So I I don't know. I don't know what Florida was doing, but if Devin Leary is lost on Saturday, Georgia's going to have plenty, plenty enough. Uh, juice up front to take care of of a one-dimensional Kentucky team. Now, if Devin Leary's able to throw the ball, things get a little hairy. I don't think he's... No pun intended. I I don't think he's been what they've expected him to be across the board. So, um, I think Georgia puts it together this week. Uh, Certainly could. Now, a big win in Athens over Kentucky, does that justify them at you know, to continue to be ranked number one, or does a close win make it even harder to keep them atop the polls? I think it'll help their argument. I mean, Kentucky is number 20 in the country. They are undefeated. I mean, you could, if you really wanted to break it down, I mean, I don't think Kentucky, I mean, their most impressive win at this point is probably Florida. And like we say, we're saying, you know, I'm not real sold about this Gators team. But I mean, I think it's a situation, especially when you look at the polls, they're not going to knock off the the back-to-back defending national champions until they lose. And whether that's right or whether that's wrong, I mean, you can dissect it and look at it a whole lot of different ways. Yeah. But, it, yeah, that's what that's what shows <laughs> like this are for, man. That's, that's what we got to look at this. It gives us stuff to talk about when they're not out there on the field. But, no, I, I think it would take a loss for Georgia to move from that number one spot. And it probably benefits it that, you know, like we do an SEC poll at 24-7, and through all of this, Georgia's pretty much stayed at number one, and it's more of a product of the rest of the conference. You know, you kind of have questions about even teams like Alabama and Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, at this point, the most sure thing it feels like in the SEC is in Athens, Georgia. And, and to your point, and I've asked Chris this, if not Georgia, who at number one? Yeah, I if mean. not I, an undefeated Georgia in particular, who? Right. I mean, you know, as far as SEC, I would, I guess you would say Alabama. As far as in nationally, number one, I think it's either Michigan. You can argue Texas because of the schedule, especially if they, they were to beat Oklahoma on Saturday and maybe Florida State just for what they've beaten. But, you know, I think uh, especially when it comes to Associated Press uh, poll, and that was one I voted in uh, for a year when I was working in Opelika, Alabama, uh, yeah, we're usually creatures of habit. You got to show us something that's like, all right, you know, we really got to change it up. It's usually not very creative. Usually going to stick with the how it has played out. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to take a loss, I think, for Georgia to move off that number one spot. And I do think Kentucky's capable. And I think that Maurice hit it on the biggest thing for me. You know, I was really high on Devin Leary coming in this season. I thought he would really excel. Kentucky got back Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator. And I think he's been really disappointing, and he's going to have to put it together if they're going to have a chance on Saturday night. Who's been the bigger disappointment as a transfer quarterback, Devin Leary or Graham Metz? Mertz. 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 Metz. 
Mertz. 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 Um, you know, I it, I think it's kind of neck and neck, and I think that tells you all there is to say. I would say probably Leary just because I think the expectations were higher because going into the year when Florida got Graham Mertz, I mean, from what I could tell, every reaction I saw was, really? Like, this is going to be Florida's answer? And, you know, credit to the guys at Swamp 24-7, our Florida site. You know, I was kind of following them during the spring game. And, you know, beat writers, you know, that you're going to tell everybody what you see. And, and maybe you put a spin on it, a positive spin in a spring game. And there was no positive spin with how Graham and really all those quarterbacks played. And that's mostly been the case. I think he played okay in that Tennessee game. Um, I, I would say Devin's been more disappointing just because I think the expectations were higher. I thought he had a chance to come in and be uh, one of the top SEC quarterbacks, especially in a year where we had so many questions about so many different uh, quarterback battles. Uh, but I don't think he's been that. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's going to have to really figure things out, play more consistently. And again, it goes back to this game on Saturday night. If he's inconsistent or if Georgia shuts down the run game and says, all right, you guys have to beat us through the air with Devin Leary, I'm not convinced he'd be able to do it. Now, you mentioned in the, in the, the first thing you were, you were saying that you are more concerned with the defense than the offense. That being said... The fact that Georgia is dealing with Mike Bobo again, what is the what is the feeling about this offense and Mike Bobo particularly? Because let's face it, he's you know he's had his struggles in the Southeastern Conference as an offensive coordinator. I think on the whole, fans are feeling better. I think that they're still people that are upset about the slow starts, which I think are understandable. I mean, you fall behind 10 nothing at Auburn, and, you know, that gave Auburn, that Jordan-Hare crowd, a little bit of momentum, a little bit of excitement. You go back to the South Carolina game, Georgia's SEC opener, you fall behind 14-3, to and, and I've told people this since then. You know, I was fully convinced Georgia was going to lose that game, especially I, my, my thought was start of third quarter, Georgia was getting the ball. If Georgia doesn't score here, they're going to lose. And, and credit to them, they played really well coming into uh, the second half, and they've done that over and over again, really played well coming out of halftime. Um, I think people just want to see them score quicker. And they've moved the ball a decent amount on, in these opening quarters. Um, they, they just haven't, again, 17 points in five first quarters. You, know, you, you mm. just can't have that. You just can't be playing from behind. I think other than that, fans are, uh, you know, probably lukewarm. I think Mike Bobo makes for an easy punching bag for some folks. Uh, it's always fun. On the junkyard, our uh, our uh, message board, uh, any incompletions, Mike Bobo's fault. Any, any you know, offensive penalties, Mike Bobo's fault. Uh, I, you know, I, I think he's done a pretty good job. I think he's done a, a good job of drawing up plays, being creative, different ways they've got different guys involved and keeping defenses guessing. But at the end of the day, you got to score points. And, again, I, I think the the most fair criticism you can have of Mike Bobo uh, in the first five games is that Georgia has not come out and been able to score the ball right early on in these games. Um, and it, it's a very dangerous game to play. And if you fall behind by too much, you may be looking at your first regular season loss since October 2020. Five words in Athens, Georgia these days. Thank God for Brock Bowers. Is Brock Bowers the best player in college football? 
I think he is, and I just think he does things that you just can't really wrap your head around sometimes. And, I mean, you knew in that fourth quarter, I have no doubt that Ron Roberts, Auburn's defensive coordinator, and that defensive staff was saying we cannot let number 19 get open, and he found ways to. Damn if he didn't get open. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and what's funny, too, you know, some of those big completions that he had – were not very accurate throws. Uh, he had a one-handed catch from uh, Carson Beck on one of the fourth quarter drives that he kind of had to reach out to get. wasn't a wasn't an A plus throw. So yeah, he's unreal. You know, people have asked me if I if I think he's going to be a Heisman candidate. I think his numbers would just have to be outrageous. I, I just don't know that they're going to give a tight end that kind of award or have him up for one. And I don't think Georgia's going to put itself in a position where. It's just going to throw to him a ton to give him the numbers he would need. Uh, but he's outstanding. I mean, there, there's just no tight end quite like him. And as Kirby reminded us this week, hellacious blocker. If you ever watch him when he's not getting the ball, he's laying some guys out and making room to run. I get what you're saying about the numbers not being there. But as a tight end, typically, I mean, do you have to be a little bit more nuanced with that and think, okay, tight ends don't typically put up great numbers, but he's putting up great numbers for a tight end. I mean, does that change anything? I think it could. And I mean, my thing is, I, I, I don't <laughs> think that he's not deserving. I just know, you know, look how many times we default to giving the Heisman to a quarterback. And, and you know, it's sort of one of those. I'm still upset about Nebraska, you know, Nadamakan Sue not winning the Heisman that year because he was just unreal as a defender. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think people can look at that. And I think it will definitely help Brock's case. Uh, as unfair as this is, because I think, it, you know, it's just a one season award, but people know him from what he's done these last two years. And to say, hey, look, he's done this and this is how he's capping off his collegiate career. Um, I think it's fair to point out, hey, this is a tight end doing it. Is that going to be enough to move the needle? I, I hope so, just for his sake, because I really do think he is a special player and a guy that deserves that kind of attention. Uh, but when in doubt, I, I know how Heisman voters usually deal with things and uh, kind of goes with the with the AP vote I was talking about earlier. Uh, creatures I have, well, let's find the quarterbacks with the best looking numbers. Let's run with them. All right. Again, Kentucky, Saturday night on ESPN. Then the schedule gets a little bit, uh, well, not tougher necessarily. I mean, it's undefeated in top top 25 Kentucky, but you've got Florida and Jacksonville, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, and well, Vanderbilt's in there too. Um, if there's a game on the schedule that you feel like Georgia can struggle in, who is it and why is it Ole Miss? I think you nailed it. I think it's that Ole Miss game. <laughs> Uh, I think that's the one you got to watch just with their offense. Now, I mean that that's the opportunity for Carson Beck and those guys to put up some points and uh, to be able, uh, you know, they might wind up being a shootout very much like Ole Miss LSU. Uh, that will help Georgia that that is in Sanford Stadium. And I know that uh, you know people aren't crazy or really on board with Tennessee, but I still think that that game in Knoxville is not one you can overlook. You know that. Uh, Tennessee is going to be very loud that the fans are going to show up um, that that close to November is going to be really interesting those last two SEC games especially when you consider 
where Georgia's health is at that point. They've been kind of beat up to start the year. Um, you may have some more injuries along the way. You may not be full go when you get into these really important games. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, you know, obviously the line the line went from like 21 to 14 and a half almost overnight, and so Vegas clearly, uh, you know, getting big numbers for Kentucky at the at the at the high level. So we'll see what happens, but. Typically in this situation, this is the type of game that, that, that Georgia comes up big at night, Sanford Stadium, 6 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. So there's going to be plenty of time to get ready for this one, and, and they will be, and we'll be looking forward to coverage from Dogs 24-7. And, Jordan, we appreciate your time. I look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Jordan. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, pick them. We'll do it right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
football pick 'em time. Let's do it as we have 10 of the most impactful games of the college football season to pick, and we will do it right now. Mo, recap us. Oh, uh, last week, Justin, only misses were Washington against Arizona. Um, he picked Washington to cover 17 and a half. They did not. And he picked Fresno to pick, cover 24 and a half against Nevada. They did not. But you and I missed those as well. So mm -hmm. Justin finished 8 and 2, 9 and 2, counting the bonus game of UT against South Carolina. Solid. Um, you and I each went 4 and 6, 5 and 6 with the 41 20. Big orange victory. Big orange. Big orange. Well, yeah. we're going to kick it off with a bang. A shootout, mm -hmm. one might say. No, it's not a shootout. It's, it's a rivalry. It certainly is a shootout. <laughs> as is as, as the cocktail party continues to exist in Jacksonville. They can call it what they want. Just like Twitter can call itself whatever it feels like. Uh, Guess what? So mama call him Clay. Exactly. I'm going to call it a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> the Red River shootout, Oklahoma, Texas. Always a good time when they get together at the fair. And it's the only fair around because they don't fight fair in this one. No, no. It's Oklahoma, nice. number 12, coming in a five-and-a-half-point dog to the Longhorns. Who goes first? Oh, I'm going to go Texas. Yeah. I got the Sooners. Boomer. Mm. I'm going to go, this feels like about a field goal game, so I'm going to go Oklahoma to cover, but I mean, it's a game that if Texas thinks it's number one, they certainly need to win it, so what? Oh, I got to break up this pick em for a second uh -oh. because scrolling through Twitter, <clears throat> as we are wont to do, we are wont to do um, Utah, quick, by the way. Utah, with their new NIL deal and Dodge Rams, BYU now with their <laughs> NIL deal with their uh, Dodge Caravan minivans. No. Wait, you're saying that they're not yeah. the best joke ever. No. This may be the greatest joke of all time. Mm, mm, Clearly mm. a joke, hey, but hey, maybe hey. the oh. greatest joke in the history of college sports. <laughs> because Mormons have a lot of kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. God, that's so good. Mm, mm, I'm mm. sorry. What's, I, what's, what's the next game, y'all? <laughs> Game is Maryland at Oklahoma at Ohio State. Maryland at Ohio State, and they are 17 and a half point dogs in the shoe. It's 11 o'clock on Fox, by the way. Seven and a half? 
17 and a oh, half. Oh, 17 and a half. Okay. Are the okay, undefeated that... Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm going to go Buckeyes riding. Yeah. Give me, give me Talia Tungavaloa, baby. They're not losing by more than 17 points to Ohio State. I'm taking much as I hate to Ohio State to cover. Nah. Nah. All right. 11 a.m. on Peacock. We've got Rutgers at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. 13 and a half? 13 and a half. I'll go with the <clears throat> Wisconsin. That's an interesting slate at 11 a.m. That's a pretty good start to the day. Folks, Oklahoma, Texas, Maryland, Ohio State, and Rutgers, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. Who are you taking, though? I'm going with Wisconsin. Okay. The Badges. At 2.30 on ABC, you can... Can I pick? Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> I'm taking Wisconsin. Go ahead. <laughs> I've just warned you. Maybe it was Justin that I heard, not just... Yeah. Thought it was you. You just um, knew I wasn't going to take Rutgers. No, exactly. I, it, and that's probably why I thought that was you. Uh, 2.30 on ABC. Florida State at home against Virginia Tech. The Seminoles, a 25-and-a-half point favorite here. Goodness gracious. Virginia Tech's not very good, but and it's at home, so it's not like the Boston College game where they had to go on the road. How much? 25-and-a-half. I'm going to... Uh... Ride with the Seminoles, I believe. 41-17 is a loss mm -hmm. in this. 41-17 is a loss. So. 42-16 is a loss. But. No, no, it's not. 42-16 is a win. I think that Florida State feels like it has some things to prove mm -hmm. after a couple of letdowns. And then last week, they, you know, they got a big win. So I'm going to go with Florida State because I don't think they take their foot off the gas. I don't think they take their foot off the gas, and I don't think Virginia Tech is very good. I'm taking the Seminoles, and I agree with that for sure. All right, at 2.30 on ESPN, more ACC action here. Syracuse, 4-1, coming off that loss to Clemson last week. Nine and a half point underdogs at North Carolina featuring Tess Walker. Tess Walker. <laughs> at North Carolina. I think that's a big part of this. Nine and a half. How many points? Nine and a half. I'm going to go uh, North Carolina. I too am going to take Tess Walker and the Tar Heels. <clears throat> I'm going to take Drake May and the Tar Heels. But same, yeah, probably same a good call. Yeah. This next game is really interesting. Three o'clock on Fox, Central Florida at Kansas. Central Florida, three and a half point underdogs to the Jayhawks. Central Florida at Kansas. Hmm. Jayhawks. Minus three and a half. Hmm. Mm. I think I'm gonna go central Florida. Mm. This is this is an interesting one. Well, hold up. What what did you say, Justin? 
You see it. Central Florida. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to be sure. Okay. Yeah. Locking it in. I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, <clears throat> they're saying John Rice Plumley could be back. If not, Timmy McLean, you know, will be starting. Uh, man, I just – I feel like this Central Florida team has – look, Gus Malzahn has a tendency to do some stuff in these type situations. And so for that reason, I'm taking the Golden Knights. I feel like if Kansas wins this game, they win it by at least a touchdown. I feel like Kansas wins this game. So I'm taking the Jayhawks. All right. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, four more games to pick and a bonus game. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is Friday, and again, a lot of great high school football tonight. You can catch us at MS underscore sports today with 
updates from across southern middle Tennessee at Main Street Preps for updates across the entire mid-state and more. So make sure again to follow along with us tonight. If you are at a game, tweet at us. Let us know what the score is wherever you're at. We like to know those things on occasion. It does come in handy. It's, it's nice to know. So uh, looking forward to another great night of high school football. Looking forward to another great weekend of college football, including at 6 o'clock on ESPN. We just talked about it. Kentucky at Georgia. The line, 14 and one-half points in favor of the Bulldogs. JK, did you learn anything? How do you feel? <laughs> um, it was interesting to hear uh, from someone expertise on the Georgia Bulldogs, but I think I'm going to still go. I'm going to ride with them because uh, of that tight end they got. That tight end is pretty good. Ah. I thought Kentucky Kentucky was definitely a steal at 21. I still think they're a steal at 14 and a half. I think they lose this game, but I don't think they lose it by more than two touchdowns. Because if they start slow offensively, you can they're going to be in trouble. Because Florida, uh, sorry, Kentucky will score, even if they do have to beat you. Uh, Barry and Brown can go get the football and he can make Devin Leary look good. And if they're going to force man coverage on the outside, I don't think they got anybody that can cover it. You know what? <clears throat> I think he just talked me into taking Kentucky to cover. I think Georgia wins a game. Well, I don't think they win it by again, more than two touchdowns, like you said. Here's the thing. You've got, you've got Tavion Robinson and you've got Barry and Brown on the outside for Kentucky. If if Georgia is going to force Kentucky to beat them through the air, that means they're going to have to put seven or eight in the box. And to do that, you're going to force man coverage on the outside. And even if you have a safety, I'm not sure that, you know, they can cover both of them. So one of the two is going to be open because you can only go to one side of the field if you're a safety. Now the question being, once you've gotten them open, can Larry get them the ball? Can he get them the football? They're, they're, I mean, that's obviously the, the 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 crux of the argument. But and, and will he have enough time for them to, to get, get them the ball? I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a great you know thought. But I'm telling you, man, I think Ray Davis is really good. Again, I think Georgia wins the game, but I think it is a close close win. At 6.30 on NBC slash Peacock, you can catch number two Michigan battling the Golden Gophers for the bucket. Where is that? It's in Minnesota, and it's a 19-and-a-half-point line. Golden Gophers, home dogs, 19-and-a-half. It's a lot. For the little brown jug. <laughs> I'm going to go Golden Gophers on this one. Be crazy. I mean, they've, they've certainly had an interesting year. I mean, they lost to Northwestern. So, 
doesn't doesn't necessarily instill a lot of confidence, does it? No, no, it does not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't want to make Wade mad, so I'm going to go with Michigan. I hear you. I'm going to go with the Wolverines as well, uh, but I don't love. Well, I mean, yeah. 20 points is a lot of points. It is. So there is, I mean, that's essentially three touchdowns. So we'll see. Seven o'clock on the ACC network, Georgia Tech and number 17, Miami. 20 and a half points in favor of the Canes. Where is it? In Miami. Um, I'm going to go to you here. Mm-hmm. How many? 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go Canes. Faux show. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm telling you, I, I think Brent Key is going to get this Georgia Tech team right at some point. I don't. I don't think they win this game by any means, but they only lost by 15 points to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss could put up points. Now they also lost to Bowling Green, so there's that. Uh, Miami has been rolling on offense, so I'm not entirely sure they've got a new defensive coordinator. Does Georgia Tech? But dang, 20 and a half points again, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I got to go Jackets. I am inclined to go Jackets as well. I mean, I know Miami beat Texas A&M. They only beat them by 15. And like you said, Georgia Tech played Ole Miss relatively well. Yeah, I'm going with the Yellow Jackets. And finally, mm-hmm. Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> Nine o'clock Central Time on the Pac-12 network. Sorry, you won't be able to see it unless you go to the bar. Number 15, Oregon State at Cal. The line is nine and a half points in favor of the Beavers. I'm going to go Cal. Let's go Cal. Okay. All indications are that Cal is awful. Yes. And I think Oregon State's pretty good. I think they won this game by double digits. So you. Oh, I think I think Oregon State's going to run the football really, really well. I think that's kind of where it lies. Of DJU uh, won't have to deal with too much pressure. So I'm going to go with the Beavs. All right. Your bonus game, sir. The bonus game, and I'll have to go. I have to go find the line. 
But I'm not sure how Alabama and Texas A&M is not <laughs> in this pick'em. But it is not, and it's at 2.30 on CBS. Is that the bonus game? It is. Oh, okay. Alabama at? At Kyle Field. Okay. Two and a half points in favor of the Tide. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Tide. I think I have been all year. Can't break it now. <laughs> you have. No Connor Wegman, but Max Johnson is here. Here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. Texas A&M, now, I, again, I, I don't have their schedules directly in front of me. I know that they, they've lost to Miami. But they beat Auburn. They beat Arkansas. Both of those teams. Alabama has beaten Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Texas A&M has nearly, well, right at 80 more yards per game on offense and gives up 45 fewer yards on defense. And they only allow 96 rushing yards a game. If Jalen Milrow has to win this game, it ain't going to happen. Period. And I think, as we mentioned earlier this week, Max Johnson makes Texas A&M scary. I'm not looking forward as a Tennessee fan to playing them next week. Checker Newland, by the way. It is Checker Newland, and boy, these uniforms that they're rolling out as jokes are hilarious. <laughs> but to me, this is a and again, the line was a futures line at like seven and a half, and it's already and it's moved to two and a half. Five whole points. I, I mean, the so money was coming in on a and Everybody's yeah, seven and a half on a and M. <clears throat> and I think they're right. I think you got to go Aggies here. Also love that Greg Sankey is going to the Red River rivalry and this game in the same day. Good for him. I mean, if you can, why would you not? It's pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with Andy. Um, yeah. All right. There you go. Any other games that interest you this week, Mo, in in the world of college football? Nothing just jumps off the page at me. Let me. I mean, just because, you know, look. as I'm looking through here, there's not a whole lot of ranked matchups this mm -hmm. week. It just kind of feels like a, a meh week in, in terms of. So once you get past that early morning window, like you were talking about. Yeah. Now, Notre Dame at Louisville, Louisville undefeated. That's an interesting game. Louisville undefeated against Is Number it? 10 Notre Dame. It could be. It's at Louisville. I don't know if Cardinal Stadium is going to get loud, proud, or what, but. LSU, Missouri. That's an interesting game. In Como. Who do you think wins that? And is that the early game on it on uh it ESPN? is it is okay yep 
I think LSU wins this ball game. I'm just not sure Missouri is ready for that. Do they cover five and a half? LSU? Yeah. They may not. I think they I think they win by two touchdowns. I think Jaden Daniels absolutely roasts the Missouri defense. I think they win by a touchdown, which is covering five and a half. But um yeah. Now I I think I think I'll be flipping back and forth probably between that. And Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. I, I think I think that ironically, I think LSU Missouri could turn into a shootout. Well. Because Brady Cook is really good. And well, you saw well, last week that LSU's defense can be scored upon. <laughs> early and often. So and, and then you know, you you talk about Luther Burden. Here's another interesting game. Arkansas's two and three record notwithstanding, they go to Oxford six thirty on the SEC network. And, and 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 you know, like you say, notwithstanding, because it, that is a rivalry game. They don't. It doesn't matter. And, and here's the thing. Now, now wait a minute. Now, is it a rivalry? Because we've talked about this. I think that's more of a rivalry game for Arkansas probably than it is for Ole Miss. No. You think it's? I, Both? I, I think Ole Miss, now I, I think they're probably <clears throat> third on the list, maybe even fourth. Mm-hmm. But but they're on the list. Ole Miss fans, okay. And I, I guess Ole there's Miss, a Houston nut aspect to this as well, right? Ole Miss fans hate losing. They may be their Vanderbilt. Who may be who's Arkansas favorite? may be Ole Miss's Vanderbilt, and not necessarily the fact that they, you know, consistently beat them, but that's the team that they are they least, feel like they're supposed to. Yeah, be. They, they, that's the we're we're better than that program. We're better than that team. We don't lose to that team, and so it's more of a it's a rivalry because if they lose, it's frustrating, and it's you know how do we keep losing to these guys? Like I said, you remember when Hugh Freeze beat. Arkansas at Liberty and couldn't do it at all at Ole Miss. They were, you know, all dumbfounded. <laughs> so maybe more for Arkansas, but Ole Miss fans definitely don't like losing. Here's another one. Fresno State at Wyoming. That's the biggest game of the week. Number 24, Fresno. A six-point favorite at Wyoming. That game's on Fox, by the way. That's going to be a good one. On Big Fox at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. I say, I say, watch it. That's what mm-hmm. I say. I say you should watch that one. It will be good. And tweet at CG Program if you are watching it. Let him know. Tweet at us tonight at MS underscore Sports Day at Mo Patton underscore Sports at Chris Yow 14 Let us know what game you're at, what the score is at any point throughout. We'd certainly appreciate it. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back on Monday at 2 o'clock with the Monday Mirror. We'll have Mon Stars and more. So we'll see you then on Main Street Media TV.